When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, what's up? It's your girl Tamara, a.k.a. Girl from Harlem. And what's up, everybody? This is Ray Daniels, a.k.a. The Culture Referee. And this is The Guy Show. And before we get started, download, like, subscribe, please, guys. <laughs> I promise you it takes nothing to do it, but it means a whole lot to us here at The Guy Show. And now that I've said that, we have one of my dearest friends. I call her a sister. And I was nervous to ask her to be here because she That's has so a big-ass podcast. And she showed up, so we got Wendy Day. I'm so happy here. to be here. First of all, I, let, me, let me put on my radio Please, please. 50 Thank Shades you. of Ray. Those are oh, crazy. Oh, Lord. No, we got to do the show like that. Though. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Oh, you got to keep those on. No, Wendy flies hell. Wendy be low-key on y'all, but she'll come oh, with yeah. a different hair color, a different hairstyle. She's fly as fuck it's on the low. She wants, she's kind of like wants to downplay her flyness, but if you pay attention, she has that shit. She's a silent killer. She, she comes that sh- with that. She she put that shit mm-hmm. She's the type of person walking in, walk in a room with a purse that if you know, you know. Like, that's how Wendy moves. So I'm, I guarantee these glasses did not call five. Oh, see? All black. Givenchy. Hello, yes. you better know I'm trying to tell is. you. So it's actually the designer. Like, it's this young black man at Givenchy who's just killing it. Mm. So what I'm doing is I'm buying pieces from him, like these shoes. Oh, like wow. Like, I'm buying pieces that will increase in value instead of decrease in value, which is really important Being smart about your drip. The story. Okay. Everything has a story in my life. If Everything has it, a reason. Everybody Everything has, has a, story. a story. I think the thing that most people get wrong is that they don't want to tell their story. I think, I, I think, that. no, I, I like that. literally, literally, I was, cause I was thinking about why? this. I, I was watching, you have to be audacious to know that your story matters. Mm. But all of our story matters because all of us are humans telling a human, a human story. Experience, right. So I was watching one of my favorite movies is Pursuit of Happiness. And I was watching, I made my son watch it. And he was like, who is this guy? Is he famous? Did he invent something? And I'm like, nah, he's just a black guy that went through a moment in life with his son. And he told a story and Will Smith is in the movie. He's like, wow, like you could do that. I was like, yeah. So yeah. I, I think a lot of us miss the point of our story. Mm-hmm. I just had to say that. Now let's get to the show. Go ahead to me. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, now might as well start with an opening question. Can you just walk us through a day in the life of Wendy Day? Absolutely. Well, every day is 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 different. And and let me full disclosure, like I love you. You're my friend. So the conversations that we have and the amount of information that I share with you is very different than like just a regular interview. We, we should we, we, like, we have very pa- we we have very 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 
powerful conversations. Yes. I have never been yes. in a room with Wendy and thought to myself, man, I would have paid to be in here. Because it's always, Aww. Wendy is like a walking, talking <laughs> encyclopedia for rap music. Back. More like she literally. Thank is, you. She, how many times were you the pow, number one on the power thirty for the source? I was never number one. I thought I you was. Never, how many? How many times you was on the list? <laughs> no, twice. Once by once, like when I wanted to be, and <laughs> the I second time I didn't want to be because it doesn't bring you like getting accolades in this industry doesn't really benefit you. It just makes people come and ask you for shit that you can't do. That's the hardest part. Because the was, hardest part. You know, my first it's question is going to be my first question to you is going to be. How does it feel to be a real life superhero? <laughs> oh, I don't see myself as a superhero. Yeah, but you are. I do change lives. Like, like read my tits. Change your lives <laughs> read for my the tits. better. Yeah. Exactly. Like, when did I? But feel that's what I'm saying. That's what I do. That's that, my job. Can I tell you who else does that? Superman, Spider Man, mm -hmm. Iron Man. You're a superhero. Don't ever let nobody take that from okay. you. How does it feel to be a superhero? Like this. <laughs> <laughs> What is that? <laughs> like it's the hard part is the hard part is is that you know when you do it you just wake up and kick ass and you wake it's up. Not it's, my goal. It's not like why I do this. What's your I why just, then? My why is helping people. Like I really want to make a difference in people's lives. I want to help artists make money with their music. You know, I started um, I started Rap Coalition thirty years ago in nineteen ninety two. And I did it because artists are being taken advantage of. And when an artist doesn't have money, people don't want to help them. Like, like Bert Padel said it to me best when I started Rap Coalition. He's like, Wendy, there's no money in altruism. And I was kind of disgusted by that. Because I don't know what altruism is. Altruism is when you do something for somebody with expecting nothing in return. Okay, got you. But that's the whole point. You're expecting nothing in return. So making it transactional makes it not altruism. It makes it a transaction, even if you're doing good, right? And there's nothing wrong with doing good and getting paid for it, but not everybody can pay for what they need. It's just yes. not realistic. So, and it's not like I'm a fairy godmother that goes around sprinkling help on people. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when somebody is in a fucked up situation, I help them. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. And so were you that little girl on that... Marines commercial that when she was 11 years old saw the kid getting picked on and jumped yes. in. Yeah, because I really wanted I to ask you Danny when Dimitri did you start? Grade. I was going to ask you when I, did I that when did that start? Because <laughs> it's like you had, to, you had to be that little girl's like you're not going to do that. When did my your illness yeah. start? <laughs> <laughs> no, when did you discover your superpowers? It it it, it started young. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's I should lay on a couch while we do this, right? <laughs> so yes, it started young. Like I was the one that people came to to protect them from the bully. And it wasn't that I was a good fighter. It wasn't that I was strong. It's that I had right on my side and I wasn't afraid to speak my mind. Like one of the things that disgusts me most in life is cowardice. Mm. I have a real issue with cowardice, right? Like my dad was a coward. So mm. I grew up in a world where there was cowardice and it, and it, and, and I hated it. Like, I rebelled against it. So even times where I don't want to do something or it's hard, the fact that I don't want to be a coward is what drives me. Mm. So I'll be the person in the room that says things out loud. You kind of are, too. Yeah. I'd like to say, there's but no they, cowardice in you. I know, but I was going to... So, but it's because of what you just said. I, I was going to ask you, at one point in your life, did you feel like you were? No. See, and see for I me... I thought I was quiet. I thought I was weak. 
So that's what I'm saying. Okay, so that's I what I mean. Powerless as that's a kid. exactly. So yes. for me, the reason why I'm that Ooh, way. I never it, thought about it, that. Yeah, you know, I got that from. We should get Will, a couch in here. Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith book. He talks about that. He was like, he was, mm. he felt like a coward, but that's what motivated him to go do more. Because like for me, it's like I didn't. I I I just felt. I always felt like I was at the mercy of the world, and I hated the way that felt. Like someone yes. had to notice me for me to get. Someone had to see me, and I didn't like the way that felt. So I was like, I'm going to get off my ass and see my fucking self. Yes, like stand up. And I'm going to stand up for everybody who's with me. And I think that that's where it comes from. How did you you transition from being a coward to kind of being this, I'm not letting anyone be punked around me? Like, what was that changing factor in your life? Probably disgust. I, I I can't remember one instance. And I, and I wouldn't say that I was cowardly as a kid. I was just taught um, to be seen and not heard. Mm. Children should be seen and not heard. Children shouldn't speak unless spoken to. So I felt like I felt like other people controlled me. Mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. That's not really the right words but that's the best I can explain it right now without really processing this but I remember as a kid people coming to me and I was always helping people I remember one of my teachers even called my mom and said I think there's something wrong with your daughter (laughs) like mentally wrong with your daughter because she's always like trying to help people (laughs) and my mom tripped like why is this a bad thing? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Why and is that? When I was a kid, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, 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 you good. No, I mean, when, keep going. It's you. When, when, <laughs> <laughs> this is our relationship right here. Please. When, when I was a kid, my parents used to take us to church. Well, my mom used to take us to church. So I was raised to be Christian, to be Protestant, but I rebelled against it early on, like as a kid, like six, seven, eight, somewhere in there, because I really started questioning stuff. But my morals and my ethics are extremely Christian. Like when you think about it, mm. like help the poor, yes. help, like I have very Christian or, or Muslim or even Hebrew ethics, but I'm not religious at all. Like I yeah. really buck against yeah. church and organized religion, you know? That was one of the things I wanted to ask you because you have a very strong moral compass, like navigating Extremely. through this music industry. Most, yeah. yeah, so that's why I was going to ask you, where did you get it from? So I'm guessing some religious background kind of set that foundation. So where did you grow up and tell us a little bit I think bit it was that. my mom. I don't think okay. it was religion. I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Oh. Um, we grew up, I thought we were poor, poor. But then as I got older, I realized my parents were just cheap, mm. right? I mean, we weren't wealthy, but I grew, I, grew, <laughs> I grew up in a wealthy neighborhood. We were not wealthy. I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. We were not Jewish. So I got very comfortable being the other, right? Yes. I got very comfortable not fitting in. So, so many people ask me, well, how are you a female in rap? How are you a white woman in a black music industry? Because I've always been the other. Like, this yeah. isn't weird to me, <laughs> yes. you know? Ask me a, a different question, you know? I, I, it, it's, not, it's not weird to me I to be like, uncomfortable. Okay, so. Or to be different. There's nobody weird. in the music business like you. Like. Thank God. That's no, probably why I stand out. <laughs> no, but think about it. There's nobody in the music business like you. Like, who helps for the sake of helping? Because there's no money in it. You can't really make money helping. That's why. I'm, that's what. So, so it's two questions. And I'm not driven what by the money. Fuck as you thinking? know. What the fuck? 
fuck were you thinking? Like, what the fuck were you thinking to come in this room (laughs) and make so many people money? I don't want shit. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? What was I thinking? You would think that I'm independently wealthy, right? Yes. By the way I move. Yes. And I'm so not. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the fuck were you thinking? All of my friends have more money than me. Yes. All of my friends. Why? Why didn't you want to make money doing what you're doing? Because money doesn't drive me. Now, it used to, right? When I was, because I come from a humble background or a poor background, I always wanted money. I remember being in college and my motto was, whoever has the most toys when they die win, like Mm. wins. Like that was my motto. And I became like, the. I started making money right out of college. I was the friend that used to take all of her friends to the Caribbean for the weekend, or I was the one that always had the nicer apartment. You know, my first car was a BMW. Mm-hmm. So I was always able to get money and then <laughs> stop laughing. And then I dated a guy who I feel like this may not be true. I don't know his side yeah. of it, but I felt like he dated me for my money. Okay. And it really fucked me up. Like it really I could see that. impacted me. So, after he and I separated, I actually married him, right? So after he and I separated. We know who he is. <laughs> yeah. now we he know. knows who he is too. Exactly. So after after we separated, I went to the opposite extreme, as most people yeah, do when exactly. they're working something out, right? So I decided that I didn't need money because I didn't want somebody to only want me for my money, mm. right? I see the thought process, but I still need my coins. But No, I see the yeah. nut up, but I understand I what you're coming I from. And I did it in New York City, which oh. is like the dumbest fucking place to be broke, Wait, right? That, I was about to say, so, that's where you decided to go broke? So, what part of New York Girl, the city. I was living in Manhattan. <sighs> yeah, you can't survive there yeah. being broke. Dumbass! So, so, so the second question is, is, <laughs> is how, do, you, do you see yourself... You have to be slightly audacious to be you. I thought you were going to say you have to be slightly off to be you. No, 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 audacious. Because let me tell you what I mean. Like, I remember, like, I, like for you to feel like I'm going to start a company to help people. Right. That's some. That's also some ballsy shit, though. That's not is, normal. Is that, it's not normal. Is that audacious or is it crazy? Because it's a little... I think audacious people are crazy. I think audacious. I think it is a little nuts. Like who does that? Because I, I, what the fuck? When I came in the music business, I was just helping someone, and I never forget the day that the person I was helping said I was his manager because we was in Clark and we was talking to the outlaws. They was riding right. through Clark and he was like, "Yo, me and you, me and my manager gonna pull up." And he pointed my way and I looked. Like, you look oh, like you talking about me? About me? <laughs> that was the first. Th- that was the first day I ever said. I, but I wouldn't have ever had the balls to say I was somebody's manager because right, then right. I felt like saying I was someone's manager meant that I needed to know everything. No, mm. you don't. And you really don't. I mean, it helps. It helps yeah. though. But when yeah, yeah, yeah. so for me to walk around like I'm a manager is like, well, do you know what one two three is? No. So. Someone had to give me the title manager, but right. you gave yourself Rap Coalition title. Oh, yeah, day That's one before I started. <laughs> Straight out the gate. Before I'm here to save the day. Yes. I'm here. Hey, guys, calm down. <laughs> here Wendy's I Wendy's here. And everybody's like, who the fuck is she? You'll see. I got this, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. What made you start your nonprofit? Like, what um, was the situation? I got really tired of hearing about my favorite artists getting jerked. And I thought it was unique to black music. It's not. Mm. But at the time, I thought that it was, and that made me 
angrier, right? Mm -hmm. So it was really Eric B and Rakim and X-Clan. They're really the reason that I started Rap Coalition because I loved them and I didn't understand why nobody was helping them. And I was taking this class at the new school and it was taught by Sid Bernstein and Burt Padel. Burt Padel was like the accountant to the stars, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody who was anybody was using Burt Padel back then from Luther Vandross, Albie Shore, Madonna. That would be the equivalent today of like Ed Sheeran, Drake, and uh, I, I can't think of other examples, but all the, all the superstars, Justin Bieber, like exactly. that's the, that's the, 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 the equating it to today, to, to today. And he was teaching a class about how, to work in pop music. And here, here's a little interesting bit of trivia. He did it for a bunch of semesters, but I, I took it the second semester he offered it. Mm -hmm. Puff took it the first semester. Oh, wow. Yes. And what's really funny is, I didn't take it with him, but I took it, you know, the year after. I didn't know him. And he was, um, I think, at Howard and party promoting at that point in time. But Bert Padell said to this class, and there were like 70 people in this class. It was not a small class. Mm -hmm. And he said, one of you is going to be successful. And he looked around the room, and I knew it was me. Yes. I knew it. I there love was, that. Yes, there was never a, a point doubt. where I was like, is it going to be? I knew it was going to be me. I just didn't know what I was going to do. And... When I finally realized what I wanted to do, I went to Bert, and you know, he was our teacher, so we knew all about him, right? He told us that at five o'clock in the morning, he got on the treadmill at his office, and that was his quiet time, and he would be on the treadmill and, and returning phone calls from like 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. So I showed up at his office at 5.30 one morning, which by the <laughs> way is really fucking early for yeah. me. I'm not a morning person. I showed up at his office, and I'd put together a business plan, and I told him that I had made half a million dollars from the job that I had, that I had, you know, saved up. And I told him that I was going to start Rap Coalition. And he's like, no, that's stupid. There's no <laughs> money in altruism. So he's like, leave your business plan with me and I'll look it over. And I'm like, yes. So <laughs> he did the best and the worst thing at the same time, right? And this is me not knowing anything about the music industry. He gave my business plan to Russell Simmons. Oh, oh wow. wow. I just knew Russell Simmons was going to steal my idea. I just knew it. Hell no. Of course not. I know that <laughs> no. now. I know that now. Where were you 30 years ago? Exactly. When exactly, I needed exactly. to say, calm down. <laughs> yeah. You know, hold on, hot foot. He's not going to give a fuck about what uh, you're yeah. doing. Work for free? Shit. Right. Yeah. right? Russell, do, Russell do you think this is a gift? No. no. But I panicked. But the good side of that, guys, is that it made me go into hyperdrive. It made me go into savage mode. I had to beat Russell yes. from doing it. Oh, I Russell like wasn't it. checking for me. I'm sure he didn't even read it. He was probably like, <laughs> if Bert even really gave it to him, who knows, right? But it put me into hyperdrive. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to do this fast, fast, fast. So I crammed like a year's worth of work into like, into like four months. And then and what, I built Rap and what, Coalition. And what did that year consist of you doing me going to events me getting to know artists me making friends with um dave mays who ran the source and that's a funny story because i must have called dave mays bless his heart 700 times <laughs> till he finally took my call and by the time he took my, my call it wasn't like hi how can i help you it was more like what, what do you want? because i was annoying him and i didn't mean yeah. to i did mean to right yeah. it, it just i just i he was my source yeah mm -hmm. and he when i told him what i wanted to do he's like yeah 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 okay so I'll tell you what, let me introduce you to 
Frank Williams. Um, he's coming to be editor of The Source, and I think that he has a better handle on what you're trying to do, and he can offer some insight. I was trying to start a union, like a real union in the music industry. And um, Frank Williams was driving across the country from the Bay Area to New York to start his job, and I called him in the middle of the trip, mm -hmm. and we talked for hours. Mm. And he gave me some great insight. He told me where other people had tried what I wanted to do and fucked up. And the number one thing that I remember him sharing with me was... So many people before me had tried to do this, but they tried to do it as a way into the music business. Mm. This was what I wanted to do. Yeah. This was my goal. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was doing it to get a job at Def Jam. I was doing this because I wanted to make a difference. And once people realized that, they took me real seriously. Mm. Real once seriously. Once they realized that that was your why, that, that was, was my what you why. cared about. They couldn't, it's all I they cared knew about. They knew they couldn't. But you know why though, right? Couldn't buy you. They tried. Of course, they tried. I mean, a lot of a lot of many many people. A lot tried. of people have been bought. You know what yes. I mean? But they couldn't buy you. I That's remember Suge Knight FedExing me thirty thousand dollars in cash, and I FedExed it back. Why? And he it was a donation to Rap Coalition because he wanted to help me. That he actually funny. loved what I do. Yeah. Like he loved what I was doing. This is in. 90 this is the early early days so maybe 94 95 he just did you he tell you it was coming like no what? he just fedexed it so you just opened up an envelope for yes. sugar night there was 30 grand. yeah a fedex envelope and there was 30 grand in there and i'm like oh this is a fuck <laughs> and then i'm like i'm like wow i can't pay my rent this month I should keep this. I need this shit. but i sent it back and then he sent it back to me and then i sent it back to him and then finally he realized, okay, this bitch isn't going to keep it. But I couldn't keep it as much as I needed it and wanted it. I couldn't keep it because what if two years later I had to pull an artist off of death row? Like, how do you take 30 grand from somebody and then turn around and say, thanks for that 30 grand a couple years ago, but fuck you, I'm taking this artist. You can't yeah. do that. Oh, you know, I, always, you know, I always thought you was a lawyer coming up mm -mm. in the case. That's mm -mm. crazy. I'm not a lawyer. No. So how, I just made friends with them. How did you learn deal terms? The no. Studying. Talking to lawyers. All of my lawyers in the early days, and I stalked um, Paul Schindler. He was Madonna's mm -hmm. attorney. I don't know if you know who he is. But I stalked him. Um, I stood outside of his office. I knew what he looked like because of his picture in Billboard. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that he was going to help me. Like I was reading Billboard. I was reading, you know, I was hearing all of the trade. I heard what Burt Padell had said about him. And I knew that if he was Madonna's attorney, it's like being Drake's attorney today. Yeah. If you're Drake's attorney, you're doing okay financially. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. And if you're doing okay financially, then, and you're a good person, you have the ability to give back provided you know where to give back. So my thinking was, I'll find the artists who need help. I'll bring them to, to him. He'll break their deals. And then if there is a new deal, like on the horizon, he can make money doing the new deal, mm -hmm. but he can't make money breaking the contract. It's, it's a not-for-profit. And I went up there every day at lunch, every day at, at um, you know, going home time and going to work time. And finally, one day at lunch, I saw him coming out of the building and I, and I, and I got him and I told him what I wanted to do. And he's like, wait, rappers. He's like, I don't have to go into the hood. Right. No, I'll, I'll get them and yeah. bring them to you. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'd love to do that. And then he did, um, he helped a group called Dizaz Tempo. He pulled them off of Def Jam. Um, I'm not going to be able to remember everybody that he helped, but he helped a, a whole lot of people. And then he started introducing me to his friends because they were willing to help too. So all of a sudden now I've got this network 
of these gangster fucking lawyers <laughs> that are willing to help. And and the whole point, when you're pulling somebody out of a deal, like the labels don't love that, but they don't hate it either. It's not yeah. as bad it's not, it's not as, as bad. like you're thinking it is. It's like you're solving them of a headache mm. and you're taking somebody... You're, you're bringing somebody, uh, you know, away from them that's just out there bad-mouthing them anyway. And, oh, by the way, I have access to all the new up-and-coming talent, so they want the new up-and-coming talent that already has a buzz because that's how they can make money. Yeah. And I'm reducing the risk by bringing them, you know, Eminem, bringing them Cash Money, bringing them David Banner, bringing them Twista, Do or Die, like all the people excuse me, that were coming through my office were already buzzing. Yeah. So, and I also wasn't out there like doing um, press junkets on how I pulled artifacts off of Atlantic Records or mad skills off of Atlantic Records. I was really quiet about it. Yeah. Nobody needed to know. So yeah. I wasn't embarrassing them. I was making them money. So when, for example, when I did Twista's deal at Atlantic, I got the release for mad skills and artifacts mm. at the same time. Mm. because they were happy to do it. They were happy to make money from this guy. And I'm getting rid of two artists that weren't making the money. Exactly. I was solving their problem. Yeah. You know, and it, did you it make enemies in the industry while you were doing this? Like with if, the record labels? If, if I did, I don't know. Cause I made a lot of money. Did, did no, I no. Make, and I was about to say, do if labels she, hate me. I really if don't she know. made enemies. That mean you were on the opposite side of right. Mm. Because her only goal was to do right. So if you publicly I wasn't hated hurting her, anybody, like I wasn't hated her, it was like you hated us having opportunities. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So right. I would have said that. That's but I have a question That's for a great you. Point. I, I have a question for that. you as a friend. Do you think if Wendy Day was a black woman, she would have been able to pull off everything you pulled no. off? No, I got into I, I I don't even that without even no hesitation in that answer. No. Also, as a man, I wouldn't have been able to pull that I, off like know, a white man or a black man. Because she said because because Tamira I got said, into rooms that you can't exactly. But because Tamira says she's like Wendy is like Robin Hood, like she was really like robbing from the rich to help the poor and helping all these people. And I'm like, damn, I not never, necessarily I never money, but knowledge. That. So you were taking right. the knowledge from up there and making sure the lower people yes. had it. So still in knowledge without, and making sure without embarrassing them. Yeah. Like I would I like never that you go and quiet. You know, I had. To. Did the job because when you get loud with it, that's mm -hmm. when the problem. That's when you get taken out. Like exactly when Malcolm got loud with it, when MLK got loud with it. Like that's when that's when you run the risk of being stopped. And I didn't want to be stopped. I had too much to do. You know what I always said? If if anybody who encountered Oprah Winfrey knew that Oprah was going to become Oprah, she wouldn't have became Oprah. Agreed. Mm. They would. What if you you think all those white men that she was working under knew? That this black woman is going to be a billionaire. I think and you have can say that about me, and I'm not a billionaire. Yeah. I'm not, you know. I'm, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's like, what I'm saying. You're a woman. You white. So been, it was kind of like you, they would let you at the door and kind of was telling you shit, and you was yes. really bringing the shit back to us. Yes. Like, hey guys, do it like yes. this. Don't let them do that exactly. to you. So yeah, that, exactly. I always wanted to ask you. That. I was like, man. Yeah, like, I've heard things in rooms like white folks say shit in front of me that they can't say in front of you. Yes, you know. And well, actually, they have said it. <laughs> We've had this conversation. But there's a sense of entitlement at the top, and I mean this very respectfully because I'm entitled too. There's a sense of entitlement at the top where they don't think the way they think is wrong. Like whatever they do is right. So it's not like when they say something, they think that they're wrong. You know what I mean? They're not enlightened. They're entitled. Mm -hmm. Whereas me, 
I do have a sense of entitlement, right? I am white at the yeah. end of the day, but I'm also enlightened. Yes. I have a master's degree in African-American studies. Mm. I get the struggle. Yes. I get it. Yes. So once you understand people of color, there's just certain things like it changes how you think or how you feel. Yes. There's just certain things that you would never say or do because you know the pain that that's going to inflict upon another human being. Yes, exactly. I love that. And if I love you love you people, not just black people or white people or Asians or whatever, yeah. Martians, if you love <laughs> people, you don't want to purposely hurt them. Yes. So we started touching on record deals. I want to get back into that a little bit more. So um, what are some red flags and record deals? Like if you see this in your record deal, kind of go the other way, go back to negotiating. What are some red flags artists could look for? Okay, let me start by saying that in order to even start a negotiation, you have to have leverage. So leverage is where you have something of value that somebody else wants. Because if you don't have, like just talent alone is not enough. If you don't have some sort of proof to the label that you're going to make money for them, like a fan base already in place, or you're already doing shows and getting paid or like La Russell, people just love you and they're talking about you. So there's a buzz, yeah. right? If you don't have that, you're not going to be able to negotiate. So once you have the leverage, the things that you should look out for is somebody taking too much ownership or somebody trying to give you too much money. I know that sounds crazy. No, no, it doesn't. But because you get yeah, it, of course, too much money in a record deal can 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 really enslave you. You'll never recoup. You'll never be able to grow and get like grow to the next level. You'll always be renegotiating and renegotiating. It becomes an advanced game. Yep. And the advanced game is is golden handcuffs. Yes. And they know this. They love when they have to advance you too much money because their goal at the end of the day is to own all of your publishing and the masters. Rights. I keep telling people yes. rights. They care about rights. They don't care about money. They care no. about rights. They've got all the money in the world. They, they don't have, care about they don't money. Care about money is easy for yeah, them. They care about rights to you. And they're doing deals with people who don't care about the rights and only care about the money. Who don't even understand the importance so of rights. Yes. Right. Like, they don't, yes. like, like they don't even understand the importance yes. of rights that yes. they have. Cause once, or that like, they have rights. Because we, we spoke about this yesterday when Tamara asked me on last show when she asked me about Black Sheep. And she was like, you know, why are they suing? And I'm like, I well, love, they, I love this. they gave them rights. And Universal, because when Spotify needed to blow, um, uh, get access to the music, they didn't come. They can't talk to you, Tamara. You're the artist, but... She's the rice holder. Exactly. So I need to go talk to her and cut my right. deal with her. And you don't have to be in the room. Not only do you have to not have to be in the room, but I can I can orchestrate the deal so that it's my money, not yours. You're earning it for me, but it's not really your money. It's my corporate money. So fuck you. Well, my question is like, you're not a manager, you're not a lawyer, but you still somehow found a way to wiggle in these rooms and do these negotiations. Yes. Like, how did you leverage yourself in that way? The artist requested me there so the artists that had leverage were saying okay i'll i'll talk to you about about signing with you but like she needs to be she she needs to be sitting next to me so they would bring me into the room and then in some cases i would be very vocal in the cash money deal it was just me and my lawyer doing all the negotiation right with master p's deal i never got into the room i was just talking behind the scenes in Rough Riders renegotiation at Interscope. I, I, I was on the calls, but I wasn't in the room. 
So it really would depend on what the person wanted from me. And I don't have an ego. So for me, it's not, oh, if I can't be in the room, fuck you, I'm not doing No, it's about the win. Mm. I don't care if people know I'm there. I don't care if people don't know I'm there. It's about doing what's best for the artist or for my client, depending on, on who they are. So if someone's your client, great question. I'm your client. As a, when you have clients, that means these are people that pay you. Yes. This How is the do not you for profit eat? side? How do you eat okay. when someone is not your when someone is your client? So if it's the rap coalition side, like pulling them out of a bad deal, I'm doing that for free. Okay. Right? That's the not for profit side. Then I have a for profit company. I have actually I have I have a bunch of for profit companies, but I think you're talking about power moves because you know what I do yes, for a living. So power moves is for profit. Someone comes to me and either it's an artist that has an investor or it's an artist that has money yeah. already and they'll hire me to help them build that leverage we were just talking yes. about. And their goal is one, or, one of two things. Either they want to stay independent, like LaRussell, or they want to sign to a record label, The Girl Code, right? It, it's You still work them the same because they have to have some sales and streaming and merch and shows, they have to have a track record of success, but somebody who wants to stay independent is going to do it for themselves and they don't care who's watching them. Mm -hmm. If you're hiring me because your goal is to get a record deal, I want all of the label presidents and the, the upper level executives, guys like you mm -hmm. watching us. So you know what's going on because the goal is to get you to come and offer mm. a deal when exactly. it makes financial sense exactly. for your label yes. and for us, the artist. Yes. So people are paying me a flat fee to help them. Cause I won't take a percentage. I won't take ownership. Mm. They're paying a flat fee for me and my team to get them to the next level. Gotcha. And then we show them how to do it. Like we don't feed them. We are actually hands-on showing them this is how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, right before this, you told me that this is the year of making men cry. Tell me a little bit about that. What we doing? What we doing? Yeah, I wasn't here for that. It wasn't here. Come on, we got it. What we doing? I won't make you cry. I promise. So no promises. I, you know. I don't know what I was going through. The, well, I do know what I was going through the end of last year. I'm just not willing to verbalize it yet. I haven't processed it. Mm -hmm. it's, not that, it's not that I'm being secretive. I just haven't really processed it. But I woke up the beginning of the year just savage. I spent Christmas in Vegas. I spent Christmas in Vegas alone, which was awesome. And I was doing spa days. I went shopping. Um, I, I ate at great restaurants. I went to all the Cirque du Soleil shows. And it was just me being selfish for four days. I did what I wanted, when I wanted. I didn't really reach out to my friends. I didn't check in with family. But I told everybody ahead yeah. of time I was doing this. And it was awesome. And I got to, like, really, like, just regroup. Like, it was, it was exactly what I needed. So when I came home for the week between Christmas and New Year's, I, like, restructured my company and set goals and knew exactly like what changes I wanted to make. I reprioritized like the stuff that I wanted to accomplish. I made a list of like the, the, the challenges that I was having where I need to really devote time to fix it. I'm a fixer. And when January 1st hit, I came into it just savage, mm. like just 
20-hour days, focused, not slowing down. And part of, of my problem in, I felt, at the end of last year or the last six months of last year is so many people were asking me to help them, help them, help them. And I'm saying yes to everybody. You know exactly what that's yes. like. And it's not, it's not that I didn't want to. It's that we are one person. So every time I give a piece of myself to somebody, that's a percentage that I can't use over here or to help myself. And I realized that I was doing more for other people than I was for myself. And I said, okay, in 2023, I'm not going to do that. I'm actually going to go and I'm going to just make a list. And if it's not on my list, it doesn't mean people can't come to me with an opportunity, but if it's not on my list, you're going to have to have a really compelling reason as to, as to why you want my help. Cause on my list is like 105 things. I'm not exaggerating 105 things that I want to accomplish. So if somebody's asking me to help them, that means, okay, that's got to take the slot of something I'm trying to do. Mm. And there's so many people already who depend on me to help them get to the next level. I just signed my first artist last mm. year. Yeah. She's depending on me. Her whole family's Pop depending on me. That I met. Yes. 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 She's yes. amazing, yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Thank you for all your help. Sure. Like, thank God for you because I'm out of my league on this one. But she's just amazing and she's worth it. And if, if I don't help her get to the next level, who's going to, Exactly. you know, and I believe in her and I believe in my clients. I don't take somebody on if I don't believe in them. You know, I don't do this for the money. I do this really for the win. I want There's the no success. amount of money that's going to pay us what we lose chasing this dream. Thank you. It's, I don't Thank care what nobody say. Thank People you. think this is, is no amount of money that's going to pay you, you for missing Absolutely. Kids growing up, missing birthdays. I gave up having yeah. kids. I yeah. gave up, like when I was a kid, I wanted to get married, have three yeah. kids. I have no children. I yeah. have no husband. Yeah, all because your, I couldn't bring kids to meetings with me at Universal. I couldn't bring kids to the hood to hang up posters. Like, yeah. it was a choice that I made, and I don't regret it yeah. at all. But like, it's a huge sacrifice. It's a huge sacrifice. It's a dream that you, it's a dream it's a of yours sacrifice. that you sacrifice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a dream of yours. Worth it, sacrifice. but yes, absolutely. Trust me. Wait, so you just pay me for that. You just mentioned that you just signed your first artist. So how yes. does that differ from the work that you've been doing with artists? Um, with artists in the past, I've never taken ownership. I, I, oh. I'm not comfortable taking ownership. I don't, I don't ever want to own somebody's art form. And I say that knowing that that's what you do for a living. I have no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So the next I have person. no problem with anybody in this room taking ownership. I can't do it. I want. I can't. I want to jump in and say something. I, I first of all, I agree. I don't think that. I don't think. I look at it like this: like, if I'm pouring my sweat equity, right, is pouring on you, then that's our shit. That's a good way to look at it. If I'm pouring, because like because for me, because like for me, yes, I feel like this. Without you, there is no that. Dog, dog. Some of these right. people come before your kids. Yes. Like no bullshit. Like yes. dog. Like if Tehran calls me. I don't give a fuck what I'm doing. I'm going to answer. Yeah. Because we've done so much together. Yeah. And for me, and not, only, and not only that, I love Toronto. everybody feels that way. Right. Like when people sign to you, it's weird because when people sign to you, they really feel like they own you. <laughs> That's true. Like rather than That's you signing true. people and you owning them, like, Dog, I'm t we were just talking about this yesterday. It's like they owe you. Yes. You owe me, you owe, you owe me you owe because me, I'm Ray. your artist. Yes. Like, you're my artist. You <laughs> are not my child. Me, yes. You owe me. Like, yes. Yes, not real talk. So for me, if you're going to give me that headache, yes. then we're going to. But but I also don't, but I also don't believe in perpetuity. Mm. 
I don't oh, I really care for, for perpetuity. I love you that. I love and you for And I also, you know, and another thing is that I, I say no today a whole lot more than I say yes. Me too. I yeah, say, because for too. me, it's like. It's, it's got to make sense. It's dog. I always say my rules in business is I got to love you while you poor. Because I'm only going to like you when you're rich. Mm-hmm. And if I like you when you're rich, that means I'm a, I, I like you when you're poor. That means I'm going to hate you when you're rich. Because you're going to turn it to someone else. Money exposes you. It lets people become, like, that's why it's so hard to win for a long time. You see a lot of people get one win. Like, right. I won. How many people see, you know how, how hard it is to win back to back to back to back? Right. Mm-hmm. That means ego right. has left the room. Yes. That means we yes. only care about the win. Yes. And and also, yes. it's, it's so much more other stuff to it because, like, this is another thing you understand. Tamira, I could sign you right now. Tamira could be like, here's my dream. My dream is to be a successful singer. Okay, I sign you. Now, Tamira met JoJo. And now, JoJo don't like when Tamira does certain things. So now, she has to, so now, I got you signed to me, but he's laying down with you every night. Who the hell you think has more influence on you? JoJo. He does. What if he doesn't care about the dream that we care about? Right. Dog, people don't understand. It's so hard. That happened to a Mel Groove Theory. Yeah, no, no, listen, it happens to a lot of people. Yes. You you just said JoJo got to go. You know why you said it? Because you ain't made it yet. Yeah. They made it yet. Yeah. So you so Jojo gonna shut the fuck up too. But as soon as that first check come in, mm. now Jojo's talking. Yes. What are we doing with our money? Mm. Yes. What are Jojo we, has what power are now. Now Jojo, <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, like yes. you don't understand. Like, so people don't understand. Oh, Ray, like Ray's the hardest you part. Over. The, yes. <laughs> exactly. Or oh, why are you listening to him? Yeah. The hardest part well, of our job. Don't know. The hardest part of our job is He didn't do the work. We are monetizing people. we are monetizing things that can talk back. Humans, yes. We this are, is listen, not real estate. Listen, you, I can own a piece of property and decide I don't want to do nothing with it, do something with it, do whatever, and no one can stop me. If I own your music, you can talk back. When Scooter Braun brought Taylor Swift's, Taylor Swift's catalog, if Scooter Braun bought Levi's, you think anybody was going to say something? Levi's is just a jean company. He bought a jean. But you bought Taylor Swift. So guess what she's going to do? She's going to tweet to a thousand, a hundred million people Mil- yeah. that you are a fucking culture vulture. You stole my dog. It's the game. It's the, it is literally the dumbest game to be in. It's the music <laughs> business. It's true. It's the but dumbest it's, game to be in. But it's, it's such an addiction. It's fun. <laughs> it's, 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 it's fun. So it's fun. I'm but it's so the dumbest addicted. game to be in. Dog, this is the only game that you know you're building Frankenstein. Oh, good one. Yeah. You're built in this yeah. business, you're building Frankenstein. Yeah. I'm going to build you up for you to eventually kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no disrespect. Like, right. like Dame Dash gave his everything to Jay. Yes. And then when Jay got tired of it, don't get me wrong, he Jay moved on. justified by saying Dame made millions. Everybody made millions, but he made enemies making those millions. Exactly. He risked his life. He risked his life. So making those millions. So when he got there, so when he got to, that's why I don't think he's ever been the same. Dog, this game is hard. It is hard to survive in. It I is think, hard. I think the hardest part of your job, or and just even being it. in this, is that people always think the grass is going to be green on the other side. They always think that somebody might have a better deal for them, and there's so somebody always, always in their ear thinking. But, but, and they jump from but, camp. But to can camp. I say yeah. something? But that. Camp. But that's humans. That's humans. That's relationships. Like. Men leave their wife because they think this chick over here could do it better. Women leave their husband. That's life. That is that is humans. The most the most I think the one thing that I love about Tehran and Timothy more than anything was that their father put confidence in them, and because they stayed the same. Because because mm-hmm. for They're me, the same today because as for when me, I first met them. Yeah. So for me, 
all of us, you know, when you're jumping off the porch, you have a little fear in you. When you have a little fear in you, all it takes for someone to say, look what's about to happen, you better come with me. No, look, you, you, Kanye said that on the beginning of, on the, at the end of his song. He said, remember he said when he signed a Rockefeller, Dame said, you better get under, um, you better get under the umbrella, you don't want to get rained on. Oh, that was all he needed to hear. He felt safe. But to be honest with you, safety comes with that, though. Because there were probably a lot yes. of people who wouldn't have gave Kanye a chance if he wasn't Nobody signed gave to him a fucking chance. Jay-Z. Nobody gave or, him a chance. Or, or Dame. So it's, 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 it's give take, but, that's, but like at the point where Kanye is now, he shouldn't be signing Rockefeller. Correct. And he's not. They Correct. probably eating a little piece from Def Jam, deservingly so. But, bro, this is another thing we got to factor in. I signed Wendy to a five-album deal. Wendy does ten albums. I own my percentage of that five. Like, Drake is not on Cash Money anymore. Mm -hmm. But Cash Money still probably had 10 albums from Drake that they're eating off probably forever. Mm. Like, forever. So it's mm. like, we all won, but it's exhausting. Okay, so It when, is exhausting. <clears throat> so fuck. when you're like a ATL music, not a pioneer, but you're like really influential in the ATL music scene right now. So I just want to ask you, um, how do you feel about this current state of Atlanta music and what's going this. on? I'm really worried about it. Like Atlanta was the Mecca. I moved here in 06 because this was the place where I moved from New York to here. You're right? saying moved, was like, I'm past saying was let, past let, tense. Let, let it get I'm getting I'm scared. Was. I'm getting this. scared. Thank you. Thank you. So music is already becoming really fractured, right? So, um, Latin rap is growing, trap rap is growing, backpack rap, whatever type of rap you make, it's, it's, it's growing and it's becoming its own genre, right? And what that's doing is it's reducing the ability for us to build superstars. Mm. So really there aren't any, like who's the Beyonce of today, right? I read this really great article. In Why did Trapper. you say that? Why did you say that we don't have superstars? I'm, I want to make sure. Because it's so fractured. There's um, the we can't reach the fans. We can't reach all of the fans effectively. So the fans are playing video games. They're on Twitter. They're on TikTok. Twitch. They're on Twitch. They're um, hanging out at the hookah lounge. They're <laughs> they're they're in so many different places. If you want to run TV ads, you can't anymore because there's, you know, if you've got direct TV, there's a thousand channels. Then in addition to the thousand channels, there's all these streaming. There's no way to reach everybody the way my generation could all be reached at once. So you'd have to have the deepest fucking pockets in the world to advertise properly to everybody. So what's happening is every person that you're reaching is getting just a little bit instead of a lot. Mm. So it's hard to have blockbusters. It's hard to have superstars. It's hard to have, you know, like a giant movie star. Like who's the Denzel of this generation? You know, it's really hard to create that because you can't brand or market the way you need to. So everything's becoming niche. So you can build a star amongst the gamers. You can mm. build a star amongst the skateboarders. You can build a star amongst the Latin rap community. It's always been like that, though. Yes, but it's, it's, the niche is smaller now. 
it's smaller I, than it used to be. I think it's or there's more. I think niches. it's bigger, more niches. Maybe it's yeah, more. Because I was about to say it's like when you looked at like DM, like I always said, DMX was the dude from the hood that was robbing everybody. Right. Jay Z was the hustler from the hood. Right. Right. You know, Ja Rule was the young, talented young dude from the hood. Like everybody was from the same area. We just so. it was just all like different characters everybody was playing. But now I feel like where they all were in one movie. There's just a hundred different movies wow. going on. Love right the now. way you yeah, did that. I feel like it was like it's more like high school. Like clicks. There was it was clicked up like high school in 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 my era. Yeah. Right in rap, everybody knew who everybody was. We all could reach out to each other, but it was kind of small. Now it's it's multiple compounds. There's a compound in L.A. There's a compound in in New York, there's a compound in Atlanta, there's a compound in Miami, there's a compound in Detroit. And then each of those individual compounds is like a college campus instead yes. of a high school. You yes. see what I'm saying? Yeah. With like 70 buildings. And it's just so spread out, you can't you can't possibly reach all the fans at once anymore. I, I, I'm going to challenge you. go I, outside I, of your niche. I don't think that that's the problem. What's the problem? It's too much money. What do you mean? It's too much money too quick. What do you mean? Like, like... I think that, I think that, okay, so let's look at it like this. Like, let's say, no, hit me out. No, I'm trying. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you, the, it's the dream, right? The dream is like, like in the music business, you had to have a couple of platinum albums to be rich, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. In today's music business, you just need one gold record to be rich. Yeah. Listen. Because endorsements? Uh, no, it's one not because... One no, record not, is it, about, what, two million? No, but it's not because of one gold record. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Five what, million. Uh, what I'm talking roughly. about is this, is that, is that because, of, because there are so many clubs, outlets, ways of making money, there's too much money in it where money is the only thing that makes people hungry. So either you're hungry for money or you're hungry for greatness. And when you start, you think you're hungry for both. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. When you start, you think you're hungry for both. That's why everybody cherishes... Kobe the way they did, because he didn't want to win one championship. He wanted to catch MJ. Mm-hmm. You got some players right. that won one championship, right. and it's like, right. I'm a legend, you know. Right. But so, so what I'm saying to you is, is that what I'm saying to you is, is that there's too much money flowing, and there's not enough hunger. Right? You don't know who you are, Tamira, until somebody puts a million dollar check in your pocket. I really don't. I really believe that nobody knows who they are until they had them. Because let me tell you why. You're going to have two choices when you, somebody gives you that million. You're either going to say, let's go motherfucking shopping. Let's go. Or you're going to say, fuck that million. I want to keep working. Right. I want two. And I want four. I, I, I want I, eight. I don't even give a fuck about that money. I give a fuck about being seen. Like, I don't think, I, I don't think that, I think that superstars care about what other superstars think. And I think that 99% of these artists aren't superstars. They're just talented people that are making great money. So you got, that's why you have artists that are not making long careers because they are ma- they already made $3 million in their first year. They're comfortable. If you got 10 yeah. million, if, hold on, let me ask you a question. If you got $10 million in your bank account or you made $5 million in one year, you don't think in your head you think you're a superstar? Everywhere you go, people treating you like a fucking superstar. I would act different. Dog, look what happened with Fetty Wap. This dude dropped four hits. He was, he, no, See he was now. huge. No, I'm saying but what happened was, was everybody around him treated him like he was a superstar. Right. Mm-hmm. And he did was, and guess what? When you're a superstar, you move him, do things like superstars. But what do you do when you're not, if you're moving and grooving like a superstar, what are you not doing? Making the money, hustling. Working. Working. Building. 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 
if you don't, if you care about money, you're gonna always. I'm. You're gonna make some money. You think you that can't you're there. care about. You can't care about money, and care about winning at the same time, because a smart motherfucker know the more I win, the more money I'm gonna make. Right. And these motherfuckers ain't worried about winning. They worried about making money, shining, jury. Like dog. I'm worried about how winning. many people. I get how many, it. Like like how? Not, I, I know you're very close to Slick Rick, and I am. I love Slick Rick. What do you think is the most money Slick Rick made in one year? Like, think about it. Like, what's the most money he made in one year? Then you got average artists out here who are fucking, you don't even know them. If they walked in here right now and these kids are making $10 million in yeah. a year. Mm-hmm. What the fuck am I trying to be Jay-Z level for? What's the point of that? Mm, what's the point? Dog, I worked at a label. The hardest part of our job was cutting huge checks to people that they didn't deserve and hoping that would work like to, to get the money back. They got right. the fucking money already. They got the money already. Dog, it, dog I, when I got my first check, I was afraid. <laughs> I was scared. I couldn't believe somebody gave me that much money. And I was like, I can't fuck this up. I can't. So I always, I always move the goalposts for myself. Move the goalposts. Right. Move the goalposts. But if you get to the goalposts in year one, man, fuck y'all. <laughs> no, I mean, y'all. It's like it's like running off on a plug. <laughs> I made ten million. Y'all better, get, y'all better figure y'all. out how to get y'all money back. But you don't realize the money gone. The money's gone. If you're spending it, you're right. not making it right. And then you're like, oh, hi. and then taxes come, I'm and then back. all of a sudden you owe the government, yeah. and then all that other now you shit. Got a problem. Bruh, now you got a problem, bro. Yeah. No, name somebody who has name somebody who we all love that walked away from the game. That we all dog millionaire. Do we love him? Did. Do we love him? I don't I know if we love him. That, he had right? one hit. I loved him. I love him yeah. and what he represents. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like like uh like a star. Right. Yeah, like like what I'm like, like he didn't be like I'm saying, like Will Jay Z, no. No, he's still he Will Smith is still, entertainment. He's still I mean, here. He went into and acting. I'm listening to his book right now. That was the one thing he said. He was like, I am never going to stop working. I don't care. What's I don't care if I made a billion dollars. I'm gonna get up tomorrow and work. That's what, like, Jay-Z is the richest rapper in the business. Jay-Z is still getting, you think Jay-Z is laying around right now with his feet up on the beach? Jay-Z no. is getting up right now, and still doing something. working. working, yeah. Beyonce is getting up right now, and that's why you can't catch her. Mm. Because she's still working, like, her, like Tina is in a hood and she's trying to get her out. Right. And that's why Beyonce is Beyonce. And that's because the work ethic came after the money. And uh, the work ethic became before, before the, money. the money. Before yeah. the money. The work ethic yes. had to come before, before the, money. the money. Now these kids are making up a song. It's going viral on TikTok. And they can cut $2 million. Mm-hmm. I, they think they magic. You know, I like, I, I like to put it, I don't want to mm-hmm. get this, but it's like a friend of mine said this, like, I'm just going to give you like a comparison. Like, every woman thinks her sex is good. Okay. And every man thinks his sex is good. Mm-hmm. Right? But all of us ain't that damn good. Mm-hmm. And some of us are way better than the others. Mm-hmm. But we all think that we're the greatest of all time. As you should, right? As an artist, that's how artists think. The fans are away from me. He ain't going to never get nothing like this before. They ain't going to never hear nobody like me before. Motherfucker, somebody's coming tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, somebody else will be here. Dog, dog, Michael Jackson was the greatest artist to ever live. He's probably the most famous human being to ever live. That man died and the world went on. True. What the fuck you think ain't gonna happen to you if you just got a couple platinum singles? Don't I give a fuck? Right. I'm being for real. I feel you. You might not even make it to the history no, books. My, but that's, that's my point. Yeah. These kids, are, it's about it money. Books. It is about money. And as long as this much money is flowing, 
it's like 2020 right now. Like the music business is like, it's like, it's that year of 2020 where everybody had PPP loans. Everybody was rich in 2020. Right. Everybody was rich. I don't, right. Everybody made the most money they ever made in their life in 2020. Huh? True. Period. True. That's what I'm saying. And then 2021 come around, the money gone. Now 2022 coming around, everybody unhappy, using drugs, fucked up, robbing, killing, shooting for nothing. Dog, the money's dried up. That's what's happening to rap right now. Mm -hmm. Rap has hit its peak. The gold rush was in 2020. Everybody was getting big checks. Mm -hmm. How many artists are getting three, four million dollar checks now? Hold on, they got that. So now what's happening? The money has dried up. So the pendulum's swinging the other way. Yes, so now you have to really be able to do this shit to make money doing this shit. I think it's going back to that, yeah. You have Um, to. So you touched on it a little bit. Um, Just how has the game changed over time? Like, you kind of mentioned, like, just some throwbacks of posting up posters, having a street team. Um, How has the game, like, what's the biggest difference, you think, from the the industry? Um, it's, it's, It's now all about the stories as opposed to the talent the talent sort of taken for granted. Like it's the entry level is to have talent. Right. Mm-hmm. But can you tell a story? Do you have charisma? You know, what else do you do, do besides rap? You know, do you have a YouTube channel where you're traveling or you have a cooking show or like what's your side hustle? Who, you know, who are you hanging out with? Who are you fucking? Who are you having babies with? Like it's all, it's WWE now. It's all about the that. story. And that's the biggest change. I mean, it, this was true. Back in the day, too, I remember, you know, I remember distinctly where I was when one of my friends called me and said, yo, Puff just hit Steve Stout with a with a champagne yeah, bottle. Yeah, yeah. It was a champagne bottle. Oh. Yeah, it was a champagne bottle. And, you know, we couldn't, like, call each other fast enough. Yo, you heard? Yo, you heard? <laughs> but we didn't have internet. Yeah. So it was the speed of phone calls mm-hmm. yeah. back then. So it there was still that element of gossip and sensationalism but in 2022 and 2023, it's at the speed of fucking light. You know, like people are posting stuff on the internet like, yo, you didn't pay for this dude's funeral. Yes, I did. Here's the receipt. It's like, yo, like this is what we're and worried the next about. Day they, and the next day, and hold on, didn't I say this on the last show? Well, I didn't Remember see I said the 1017 show? Remember yeah. I said the 10... I said he wanted the chain back because someone's going to use it. Mm-hmm. And today his brother shot a video in the 1017 chain. This is exactly what we've been talking about. This is exactly what we've been talking about. Bro, clout has killed the business. Yes. So that's what's changed. Mm-hmm. The, the clout. Um, it's one of the things I thought when the internet came along, it would educate artists and they'd get smarter about the music industry, but it hasn't. No, it made us dumber. (laughs) It's made people dumber and it's made them use the internet to one up everybody else. It's, it's now used as a weapon and a tool to feel better about your insecure self when in reality, the more you floss, the the, the less you feel about yourself, like the worse you feel about yourself. So the thing that's making people think that they need and they're, they're it's making them feel like they're doing better, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's actually making it worse. Yes. You know? 
As and, somebody who's and like, that's oh, problematic. Mm-hmm. As somebody that's heavy in the culture, right? What can we? What are we doing right as a hip hop community, and what can we do differently moving forward? I, I think what we're doing right, and I love that you asked that because I love the positivity. I think what we're doing <laughs> right sense. is we still have that kick in the door attitude. Like in hip hop, we don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do Never whatever has. Ha- exactly. We're gonna do what has to be done. We're gonna speak our mind. But what we're doing wrong is we're not raising the culture we're not raising the people that are coming up behind us we're still trying to hit a lick off of them you know Mm. my generation is extremely guilty for this we've we've caused this incredible rift between us and the youth and it's insane like i just i don't want to be around my generation anymore i just want to be around the youth because they're they're running the world they're they're coming up into power and we're not giving them access or secrets or information so that they can do it to the best of their ability it's like i i banged my head and i'm gonna tell you about it so that you don't have to yes i'm not gonna charge you for it i'm not gonna make a come up off of it i'm gonna say here's what i did wrong so start there Mm -hmm. so i i started here and went to there you could now go from here to there and then your children can go from here to there. Exactly. And the growth is what is important for, for us to hold on to that knowledge and say, I bang my head, bang your fucking head. <laughs> but exactly. for $20, I yeah. can stop you. No, yeah, I agree. No, like that's some bullshit, you know? And we're not, we're not giving our support or our wisdom or our guidance to people. And we're also not stepping up and saying, okay, you have no conflict resolution skills. Let's, let me teach you how to resolve conflict. You're having self-image issues. Let me teach you how to feel better about yourself. We're not doing that. We're not, we're not helping people get over the negative emotions and the negativity that exists in the world. We're just sort of like throwing them to the wolves and saying, oh, that's a damn shame. You see so-and-so shot so-and-so. Damn, Ray, that's fucked up. What are you having for dinner tonight? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, when did our elders do that? Like, it used to take a nation to raise us or a village or whatever the saying is. It used to take, and now, no. Like, if you... If you try to educate somebody else's child or you reprimand somebody's child, you know, they want to they want to beat your ass or they mm-hmm. want to call child protective mm-hmm. services or whatever. Like it's it's become a problem and, and it's become a world of me, 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 me and fuck you. Mm-hmm. But so I want to ask Wendy a question because Wendy. No, no, it's not like that because mm-hmm. she says something and I kind of am on the fence about it, but I wanted her to bring it up. Wendy is all for not. For you, lyrics shouldn't be used against the person. I love that you mentioned this because I was yes. going to, yeah. Yes. In, a, in, in a court case like Thug, for example. Yes. Yeah. So you don't think lyrics should be used in court? I don't. Only because they're not used properly. Like, my problem is there are people outside of hip-hop, there are people that don't look like you and they look more like me that are passing judgment and they're using their power to say... The way you live is wrong. You should live like me, and since you're not, I'm going to punish you. And oh, by the way, I'm going to find everything I can to use against you, and here are these lyrics. I'm not for somebody doing something ignorant and then making a record. I don't, I don't want you to okay. think that. I also think that 
prison exists for a reason. There are people that are in prison that really should be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then there's also people that are in prison that shouldn't be, or they have excessively long sentences because somebody that doesn't look like them judged them. I agree. Or somebody that. that hasn't walked in their shoes has judged them. And that's what I'm saying. Okay. I think it's dumb as fuck for an artist mm. to put their dirt on, on wax. wax. Yeah. But if they're going to be stupid enough to do that, I don't believe it should be used against them because I know too many artists that lie on wax. I know too many artists. Like my first thought when they said that Thug's lyrics were going to be used against him was awesome. Let's call 50 rappers that lied in songs to the stand and they can talk about how they talked about killing little boo-boo down the block and they didn't do it. In fact, here's a little boo-boo now sitting next to me. <laughs> so therefore, if there's 50 rappers that rapped about shit that they, that they say they did and didn't, therefore thugs lyrics are a lie too. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to say that it's all true, that's a lot of well, power. Okay. So, well, I, I agree with you. My only thing that I say is, is that hip hop is the only genre based on truth. It is the only genre based on being authentic. No, it I is. R and B is. Nah, so. nah. Them, Love them, songs, but like from the heart. Motherfucker, R and B singers. You think? You think? You think them R and B singers really talk the way I they think sing? Keisha Cole really was heartbroken. Yeah, no, no. Being heartbroken <laughs> is different. You're talking about a female. I'm, I'm speaking about men. I'm speaking about the way we carry ourselves. Like, if 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 a little nerdy white kid or black kid, you know, you can just taste from the, from a good community comes in here and raps about gangster shit. <laughs> I think everybody in here will warn him not to do that. Right. Yeah. Why would we want him not to do that? Yeah. Cause it's not him. No, Oh. that's not why we want him not to do that because he's going to get hurt. He's going to get fucked up. So get somebody's going to step to him. Somebody's going to try him. Somebody's going to try. Yes. You're going to get tried. You're right. That so is my why thing, So happen. my thing is that, so my thing about hip hop is, is that it's all based right. on our being true to ourselves. So if you're talking about certain shit, bruh, it's like what our parents taught us. You, whatever you put out in the world, you're going to get right back mm -hmm. to you. So I'm not for lyrics being used against someone, but I am for, I look at like the, the Rico Act was started to take down the mafia. Mm -hmm. Correct. Because the mafia... Because they couldn't infiltrate. That's you. really why. That's my point. Yes. Because they, the mafia didn't talk. They didn't talk on the phone. They, they had rules. They people they that they didn't, couldn't know. get in. Couldn't it was infiltrate. all type shit. Yes. And now they're using it against... So imagine if that's the equivalent to John Gotti rapping about being mm -hmm. John, John Gotti, Gotti, and now they're using it against him. You said it. So for me, I just feel like... We got to, my thing is this, I want what's best for all of us and what's best for all of us, for all of us to be somewhat, not even, if not even careful, fuck that, that sounds lame, be conscious. Mm -hmm. Like that's why to this day, I think everyone loves and respects Tupac so much because that man was talking about getting killed. Yes. That and man. He, and he was real. And that like man, that's what I said, that man got shot. He <laughs> shot police. Mm-hmm. When he died, it was like, when he died, it was like, shit, no one, no one was surprised when Tupac got shot. Right. Because he was talking about it. Right. That's why I think we loved him so much. Because right. he knew he was going to die. If you listen right. to so many tears, he talks about it. Like, he knew. He knew. So that's what I'm saying. So for me, it was like, for me, it was like, that's why I, I just feel like we, for us to make this better as a man, I would tell my kids, my cousins, my family, my team, everybody around me, hey, be careful what you say. Yes. Because that shit back can and be yes. and will be used against, against you. you. Yes. 
Don't poke the and, bear. And my other issue with it is when you're in court, you have the right to cross-examine and you can't, the lyrics can't speak. Right. It's one-sided. It's sort of like having I a wiretap that. that you can't defend. Like there have been many times where I've said, man, I'm going to kill him. Right. I've you're never not killed kill anybody. I'm not yeah. going to kill anybody. I'll make true. a mean face. That's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I don't want to be persecuted or prosecuted or or have to answer, you said you were going to kill him, now he's dead. <sighs> I didn't mean that. Like for, and for me, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like hip hop has always been anti-establishment. Yes. Yes. And the establishment is watching us now. Yes. So guess what, nigga? Hey, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Hey, just chill for a just chill yes. for a second. <laughs> yes. Like that's what just I would tell anybody. Stupid. Like, mm-hmm. don't be stupid. If you if you could say I was in a shootout, but don't say I was in the shootout on, on, on fucking FIPS. On Broadway, on Broadway at 3 p.m. Then it's like, bro, they're going to use that against you. Yes. Yeah, and not only that, not only that, the realest rappers are the ones that we love the most. Because the they're real. Rappers. We don't, because they're authentic. Because they're authentic. Yes. Authentic doesn't mean gangster. Authentic no, just means you. real. It's like, it's can I, do I believe you? When Kendrick Lamar raps, I, I believe, believe him. him. When J. Cole yes. raps, I believe him. Yes. So, and for you to be a successful rapper, I got to believe you. When Slick Rick did a children's story, it was entertainment at that time. That was entertainment. It was like fun. You know, it was, but now it's too much on the line and you got to be careful. That's my only, that's my only thing. Because we're seeing careers, like, how I many rappers have died? Right. Like motherfuckers, motherfuckers dying for drug yeah. overdose. Motherfuckers dying from getting shot. Yeah. We talk about shooting and taking drugs in our music. What the hell you think is going to come from that? Well, right. my thing is if I'm an actor, right, and, no, I, and I play no, a killer, no, no, wait, no, that's not going to be used no, in court. No. Can I finish the thought? No, because, because one is different. An actor but is... But that's a- what I'm saying. As an artist, you're not going to bring, oh, you were a psycho killer in a movie before, so you might be, that might be who you are. That's a representation of your no, character. Actor, Art is not a representation actor, of actor, who you okay, are Okay, so as let me person. tell you why that's wrong. Can I tell you why that's wrong? An actor uh-huh. gets awarded for playing someone else. You get played, you get awarded. Denzel has never received the award for being Denzel. He received an award for playing fucking whatever character, whatever character he played. Acting is acting. It is called acting. Rap is about being real, authentic. Authentic. That's what it's built, built on. But it's not authentic. Right. It's, no, that's what, that's what I'm trying to, to say. I'm, say, I'm saying, but, but it's I'm, fake. What I'm saying, it, I'm saying, it's most WWE. of them, it's most of them are. Do the drugs. No, right? You no, do know that's WWE. what I'm trying most to say. Most of them right. are. Most of them are. That's where I was going. Thank you. Most of them are. But you think if somebody, okay, so let me ask you a question. You think if Future came out and said, "Man, I really don't drink purple sprite." They didn't two chains or one of them got caught saying like, "I don't do half the drugs I rap about." Like came on the big fire. You just, he's, it she, was future. She said something very important. She said, "Got caught." Meaning, he said it. Meaning, though. He no. Came meaning out and that said, he didn't. Have to meaning that about. he didn't know someone was recording it, repeating it. Like at the end of the day, we all have an online persona, persona, and we have an offline persona. Wendy is different. Like Wendy might say something to me when the camera's not rolling, like Ray, blah blah blah. blah. But when the camera's rolling, this is on record. I got to be careful on record. On record, when you on record, you have to be careful. It's just the game. I get that. Dog, okay. dog, it was two dudes that were out here running PPP and EIDL mm-hmm. scams mm-hmm. and made a song about it. Mm-hmm. And the feds went. And the feds got them and they was really doing it. But I have no problem with the feds catching them. I have a problem with them using that as 
leverage to incarcerate no, no, no. them. The, like, do the, your no, job. No, 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 no. Find the, the, the find videos. Like, catch the, them. No, the song, he was telling you what he did. Right, right. And the feds are looking like. Because he's an idiot. Oh, <laughs> that's what you did? Listen, what's that guy's name? Not his rap name, his right. real name. Let's look right. into them. They can look at your server and say, oh, he really is doing it. Mm-hmm. Let's go get his ass. Mm-hmm. If you don't I have do no the video, problem with that. If you don't do the video and you don't make the song, I have no, no problem one looks with that. at you. I have no problem with that. I, why you can't make a song saying, kill a nigga, kill a nigga, <laughs> kill a nigga, kill a nigga, kill a nigga. And then when they say, did you kill somebody? No, no, I didn't do it. So you selling us false shit? And yes. That's what you're doing? You, that's exactly so what you're, you're promoting. Doing. Your community to hurt each other? Yes, that's exactly exact, what you're doing. Exactly, but that's my point. But if that's that's morally wrong, right? What if that dude really killed the nigga? Rappers talk about being <laughs> now that right, nigga's right. in trouble. Right. Now he deserves to go to jail. You deserve he, to go to jail. He does deserve to go to jail, you, but not from the, the song. Lyrics, right. But the they song. They need to find put, the, the evidence. Song put the light on the song. I is, have no problem with that. The song should put the light. Do you know it was a famous club? Okay, go find okay, the actual out, fake tra- check. Go it's, it's, get him on, on. on camera at yes. the bank. You're, I see. You're probably, yes. you're probably too young Convict to. You're probably a little. Young. You're probably Convict too young. him from but the was, crime, not from the fact that it was he a, said it. It was right. a. It was one of the most famous nightclubs in history. Was What's a this? club called Studio Seven? Was it Seventy Two? Studio Fifty Four. Do you know our studio? No, because JD has Studio Seventy Two. Shout out to JD. Studio Fifty Four. Studio Fifty Four. Do anybody know why the? Do anybody know why the club got shut down? I thought it got shut down for drugs, pitches, or maybe it didn't, the they didn't pay their taxes. Oh, why? Okay, I'm gonna tell you what happened. Tell the me. fucking owner of the club went on record and was bragging, saying, "We making so much money, I can't believe the IRS ain't after oh, us." Okay. And our yes, it's in the newspaper. Yeah, the IRS them. was like, "Dog, let me tell you something." The IRS was like, "Oh shit, why aren't we after them?" <laughs> Dog, don't poke the bear. Right. Don't, Bottom line. Dog, do not poke the bear. And maybe do what's right. No, I mean, listen. I, listen, I ain't gonna lie. I done did wrong to get by. But I ain't gonna brag on right. it. Don't poke the bear. If, if the bear's bigger than you, it's that simple. And that's why Studio, that's why Studio 54 shut down. What happened with that? No it's like, dog, it's not a black thing. It's not, but it's a, if you doing it, it's shut an the ignorance fuck thing. up. Mm-hmm. It's an ignorance thing. Don't talk about it. That's all I'm saying. If you did it, don't talk about it because they will. Dog, when you get arrested, they say everything you can't say can and will be used against against you in the court of law. We've heard the Miranda rights a hundred thousand times. They're telling you to shut the fuck up. They're telling you, hey, bro, shut the fuck up. If you do something (laughs) wrong, they're going to come after you. All right. Before we wrap up, I do need to ask. Okay. I wonder if Ray got something. But what are your top five businessmen? Business people. Business, business people in hip hop. Business people. Business people okay. in hip hop who you feel like have done right business by creatives that you like. Oh, that's way different than who I respect. <laughs> no, no, no. Just who you, just who she you said like. She don't like anybody. She um, told me that in the beginning. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's. Uh, so let me tell you who I admire as business people. Right, I think Jimmy Iovine. I I think Love business him. people that. I look at people that transcend out of one lane. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's, to me, that's what I look for. Yeah. So I think Jimmy Iovine has done an amazing job. I like John Manili, who ran um, Rockefeller. Uh, Rockefeller, yeah. Yeah, I think he did an amazing job. I don't know where he is or what he's doing right now. Um, I like Mel LeWinter a lot. I think he did an amazing job at Universal under um, 
Doug Morris. Doug Morris, yeah. I love Mel. Um, I like Michael Reiner. Michael Reiner, full disclosure, is my attorney. He was the attorney that I negotiated against for the cash money deal. He's mm. now my attorney. Because when he told me no, and they did tell me no a lot, believe mm-hmm. it or not, he explained why. He's like he's like such a mensch. Like he's he's not like no, we're not doing that because it's Tuesday. He's like no, Wendy, we can't do that because here's what the company's doing. Here's how this works, and if we do that, it'll mess this up. Blah 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 blah. So he always gave me great um, mm-hmm. great answers. Um, I like Steve Rifkin a lot. I don't know if he did right by his artists. Um, but Rifkin and and Rich Isaacson, it's always teams, right? Like yeah. it's Jay Z, Dame Dash. It's yeah. it, there's it's yeah. always more than one person. Um, outside outside of music, I love Gary V. Even you know he yeah. keeps like one foot in music, one foot out. I love Gary V. So I, is that enough of a list? Was that okay? That's great. Okay, no, that's great. Right. It was just more about like people who you see doing right. Sometimes I love you as an executive, like, and this isn't just to like blow smoke up your ass because you know I don't do (laughs) that. Um, I love how when you see an artist struggling, you step in and you fight for them. Like Lizzo is a great example, right? Um, Even your writers, like, you really step in, and then the the artists that have caused you drama or Mm -hmm. agita, and let's be real, that happens, right? A lot of them, yeah. It's like your attitude is, okay, you don't want to be with me? Fuck you, go. But I'm going to take a percentage. Mm-hmm. And when I ask you about them, you're not salty about that. For you, you're looking at it like, I'm doing nothing and getting a piece of the, you know, yeah. a piece of the, yeah. the income. Knowing full well you could have done better and helped them get further if you stayed in the picture. But your attitude is, if you don't want me, I don't want you. Yes. And I love that because most executives in this industry, their attitude is, oh, you don't want to be with me? I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to make your life I'm going to make your life a living hell. I'm going to destroy you. Yeah. I'm going to like crush you into the dirt. Nobody will ever know who you are. You'll be so far under this building that nobody will even know who your name or anything. I know you're and you about, don't do that. But I have a theory on why that happens. I think the only people that want to hurt people are people that don't like their life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that if you really are happy at home, you really like your life at home outside of this shit, at some point, peace becomes very important to you. Like, the, the, the guy... This is everything. I'll yeah, take but, peace over money but, but every some day. some guys like chaos because they go home to chaos. They, mm-hmm. life is chaos. They're used to it. That's their... It's, like, it's like I exist in this mm-hmm. shit, you know? And then you have Sad. some people who are like... Man, I love my life. Like, you'll know when someone is complete in life because then they be like, man, go. Because you realize, even if you do make $100 million, it's going to be $100 million of misery. Right. <laughs> and I don't want to deal with that. So right. that's why I'm like that. I want to hear the Lizzo story. Can I hear it? Or we got to no, tell no, that? No, no, Okay. That. Anyway, so last question. <laughs> do you consider yourself a goat or underdog? I'm an underdog. Why? Because I'm still building. Like, it. it's funny because people still, like, people... When they react to me, it happened. I stopped at Chick-fil-A on my way here. And some guy who had seen my videos as I'm ordering food came up and was like, oh, my God, you're Wendy Day. You're And he embarrassed the hell out of me. It was very <laughs> sweet. But I don't feel I deserve that because I know, I know what's to come. I know what I'm still building. I haven't achieved nearly an inch of the miles that I still have in front of me. So it's, it's, it's weird to me. And to say somebody's the greatest of all time, like, no, I'm not. I'm not greater than Mother Teresa. <laughs> I'm not greater than Ray. I'm not greater than you. I'm not greater than anybody in this room. Like, I've just done cool shit. You know what I mean? Like, I've done amazing shit. Okay. And I'm very 
grateful for what I've accomplished, but I still have so much more to do. So I'm definitely an underdog. I'm going to say she's a goat because she has, she has created the flow. Mm. And to me, a goat creates the flow. You've always oh, created the flow. Okay. So, you know, you can I say you're underdog, but, I, but I'm still saying like, you're a goat. Yeah. You're so. a goat to me too, because when I came in this, I know nothing about music really. Like, I, so your podcast came up one day on my timeline and it just made everything so much more digestible for me. I'm so it glad. came in words that I could understand. I'm so glad. So That's when I come so in important. with Ray, I'll be like, oh, I actually know what that means today. Like, so it really was one of those things. I was like, I could actually learn from this, do some research. It. It's Please way more technical, research. but I love research. that. It broke down the stuff that it made everything just yeah, digestible like the for stuff me. So that's I love harder that. to understand. And I think you that's know? your goal with everything. Just making sure the right people have the right information. It is. And my goal is also to help people. Like I care about the people not that i love your brother by the way yeah. oh my god i love your brother <laughs> i care about the people in the industry like i genuinely love people i hate people at the same time it's a weird dichotomy yeah. but i genuinely love people and want people to win mm -hmm. and i want them to succeed and i think people get that vibe from me i yes. think they realize that i really do give a shit it's real definitely it comes across so yeah. before we go just let us know what's next for you and what we should be looking out for i'm doing some really cool stuff um first of all i don't smoke weed but i have a strain coming no it's way it's called windy days yes like the play like yes. it yes i Thank love you. the play on words thank That's you like my it's very thing. high end right Ooh. it's expensive weed but it's a it's a clean high it's as close to organic as you can get oh wow. and it's fire. in california it is fire i'm, I'm so excited about this um um Shopping my business plan right now for the incubator that I'm building. It's really an accelerator, but in hip hop, we don't really know what an accelerator is, but everybody knows what an incubator is, so I call it mm -hmm. that. Okay. It's called Artist Centric, which tells you the direction that we're going. Um, and I'm still like, Power Moves is my first love, and educating artists is my first love. So I'm going to do that, you know, till I die, till they carry me out. Thank and you maybe so I'll much. even come back and haunt people. Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you what publishing is. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks out for down doing this. I, Thank you. It's so much effort, especially you. Like, I love that you do this because the time that it takes and the energy that it takes, like, you really love doing this in yeah, the shows. Yeah, yeah. And thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, if there's only one person I would ever did a podcast with, it was you. Really? Aww. I would have loved to. I was a little jealous of Chi Car. I was like, why she ain't fucking call me? <laughs> it wasn't my idea. Really? Rap it was not. It was, it was Ferrari. Really? Oh, yeah, so Ferrari used to call me and we'd have industry conversations. Yeah. Then he would call Kingpin and have industry conversations. And one day at Christmas last year, it hit him like if the three of us could just be in a room together and we're all friends, yeah. it would be cool. And then he's like, He's like, I want to ask you something. I'm like, what? He's like, would you do a podcast with me? I'm like, yeah, I do a podcast with you. Oh, I love All it. Sometimes you got to do is ask. All Let's you got to do is ask. Just go. go. Yeah. Thank you, Wendy, for joining the show. Thank you. I love you so much. Love you Thanks too. Thank you. Bye. See you guys next week. Okay. I've this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.